This episode of The Candid Frame is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club. The Charcoal Book Club is a monthly subscription service for photo book enthusiasts. Working with the most respected names in contemporary photography, Charcoal selects and delivers essential photo books to a worldwide community of collectors. Each month, members receive a signed first edition monograph and an exclusive print to add to their collections. Join the club by visiting charcoalbookclub.com and use the promo code VCANDIDFRAME at checkout and receive a 10% discount on your first membership payment. We also have the support of LensRentals.com, the largest online camera rental house in the U.S. They carry the most popular brands and models of cameras and lenses, but also anything you need for video, lighting, post-processing accessories, and so much more. Whether you need something for a one-time assignment or want to test it out before you buy, LensRentals.com is there to help. Explore their extensive inventory and save 10% on your first order when you sign up for their newsletter at LensRentals.com forward slash newsletter. We've heard many stories about how photography changed the course of a person's life. The most interesting of those stories are about more than just finding a career. It's about finding something vital about yourself, about what you want, and what matters to you. It's a moment of discovery that I enjoy hearing about, especially from established photographers, but there is something special when I hear it from someone for whom that moment is still new and fresh. I heard that during a recent conversation I had with photographer Kimberly Espinosa, who joined PAC-LA director Bailey Mazel to discuss the Las Photos Project. Since 2010, the Las Photos Project has provided photo education and mentoring to teenage girls from communities of color. Las Photos has created experiences for these young women they would not have had otherwise. It's been life-changing for many of them. Bailey and Kimberly sat down with me to discuss the program, and next month, They'll be honoring several established and emerging women photographers, including Kimberly, at their annual Lost Photos Awards. This is Ibarian X, and welcome back to the Candid Frame. But I'm excited to talk to both of you. <laughs> I've been so excited about what I've been finding out about uh, the organization. Actually, I, I found out about it last year at that event that they had in... Um, Century City, that photo event, I forget, what's, what's that photo event called that they have on the East Coast all the time in New York? Could it be Photoville? Photoville. Mm. You want a Cupido. Right, nice. So, yeah, that's where I found out about it. And I had put a note on there to, okay, I got to reach out to these people. But, of course, I get, I have, I have a lot of notes of different people I want to reach. So exactly. It kind of slipped. And then when you guys reached out, I was like, okay, perfect excuse to finally sit down and talk. Yeah. So welcome. So welcome to the show. I'm really glad to have you, both of you. Thank you for having us. Las Fotos, the Las Fotos project is just, the more I find out about it, the more in love I am with, with you know, with the idea, for the opportunities it brings, it brings to young girls, and especially in LA. Bailey, why don't we start with yes. you and give us an explanation of what, you know, the organization is is about who it serves and how you are uh, involved in it. 
Yeah, so Lost Photos Project directly is dedicated to serving creative youth, um, teenage girls of color um, throughout Los Angeles, um, empowering them through um, photography and mentorship, um, and then further empowering them in creativity and expression and representation. So they are dedicated to creative youth and women of color. I came to Lost Photos Project as a host committee member for PACLA. So I'm the director of the Photographic Arts Council of Los Angeles. Um, and this is our second year supporting um, the photo awards as host committee members, but also as sponsors for the event. For PAC, of course, supporting the photo awards, you know, is very essential to our mission to support, you know, supporting ceremonies that are in the photographic arts, um, recognizing women and creative youth and also individuals of color. Um, and it's vital to the empowerment and fulfillment of the creative youth and furthering their development and education. For PAC, that's vital to our mission to continue to support them. And that's how we kind of came to Lost Photos and the Photo Awards. I also have an earlier history with Lost Photos Project too through um, a community arts partnership with CalArts. I met them back in 2017 through the community arts partnership when I was teaching for inner city arts and underserved communities throughout Los Angeles. So it's full circle for me. Wow, yeah. And the, the awards, the photo awards that are coming up in October, they're honoring both photographers that are out there who are established and making work, as well as honoring young and up-and-comers like Kimberly, who's, who's joining us today. Yes. Which mm -hmm. I think is really exciting to have that kind of acknowledgement so so early that you don't have to wait until you're old and start getting gray hair before you start getting recognized for, you know, the wonderful stuff that you're doing. Right. Kimberly, when I was reading about you, you had an interest in photography, but you say that, it, you know, having access to it was one of the things that you had trouble with and that this organization gave you the chance to really explore that interest in photography. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, so I always really enjoyed photography and taking photos on my mom's phone or my dad's phone, but I never had an actual camera until I joined Las Fotos Project. And that happened this year, um, which is really like mind blowing because now I'm here speaking on the Photo Awards event. Pretty cool, pretty exciting. But Las Fotos Project really gave me that accessibility that I needed in order to explore my interest of photography, in order to continue advocating for my communities through photography. And I'm just thankful for that so much. Now I get to serve on the youth committee, which is even more exciting because I can make sure that this accessibility continues to extend to other girls in the community. Yes. And that's just really exciting. It, it must have been really empowering for you, not only to learn how to use a camera, but realizing what you could do with it. Empowering yourself and empowering the, the community that you live in. You live in like the Koreatown area, which is sort of midtown. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people who are not familiar with Los Angeles. And I think that's probably one of the most powerful things that the organization is doing. Tell me about discovering that you, that you can actually say something, that you have a voice through your photography. Yeah, I remember 
like joining on Zoom for our virtual classes last semester, right? Because of COVID-19. And I remember we would have to go around and like show our work of the week. And we would go around and hear comments about our work. To me, it was pretty like neutral. Like I didn't expect much feedback on like my work because I thought, well, it's like, this is ordinary for me, but for my peers, it like really captivated like their attention and Mm. their comments really like stuck out and just, it made me realize that it's the ordinary things that don't go captured because they're quote unquote ordinary. And those are the moments that deserve to be captured, whether it's through a camera, whether it's through an article or whatever it is, it deserves to be captured and represented and shared through our communities and the world. Yeah. And that's one of the things that really moves me about what you and you know everyone involved is doing because i grew up in south la you know back in the day and we didn't have access to those same same things i didn't have access to creative Mm -hmm. writing classes or or photography or anything like that and i was part of a speech team in middle school and we would compete against other schools in in southern california and we would go to schools in the valley and we would see the kind of facilities and resources they had back in the day. And it was the first time I was aware of that, that there was such a big disparity. And especially when it comes to photography, it's not only the disparity in terms of resources, but as you're coming up and you're not seeing people like you, your neighborhood, your communities and magazines and movies and TV, it makes you think that, oh, yes. my my life can't be interesting and can't be worthy of a, of a photograph. And I think that that's one of the, that's really the power that photography provides, especially people who don't normally have access to it. Mm-hmm. And especially for people who are children of immigrants, you know, where that whole concept of, you know, a photograph is a really sort of formal special event thing. And what you guys are doing, it basically, you know, providing these young women, an opportunity to learn the skills of documentary, photography, photojournalism, to be able to say something about themselves and their and their community. Um, Bailey, you come from a, a more traditional education in terms of, you know, creative writing and, and photography. Mm-hmm. Tell me how how what you're seeing this you know these young people produce as compared to when you were coming up in that more formal tradition, because I'm really kind of curious in in terms of how you sort of gauge the work that these young people are creating, despite the fact that they don't have that formal education. I would say that it's incredible to not only see the work that they produce, but also the spaces that are developed and facilitated for them to create the work collectively and as a community. Um, I think that often when you are quote unquote removed or not involved in the traditional um, institutional backgrounds, though in high school, I also did not have access to those things necessarily. I think that when you are not involved in those things or excluded, it's hard to find that community and that place. Um, You mentioned a little bit about representation a second ago. And I think that that's the main building framework for the empowerment of the youth and what they produce. That's kind of where I would mm-hmm. jump into that, that, answering that question. The work that they produce is 
beyond powerful, especially again, in terms of representation and seeing work from us, you know, by us, of us, and kind of reshifting that canon space. But I would say that I'm more so touched by the space that is facilitated for them to create that, being directly involved in their mentorship uh, with teaching artists that can also, that they can learn from and to show them what they're producing when they're inspired by the students as well. It's a very semiotic workspace, you know, and I think that their work that's produced directly reflects that. Tell us, Kimberly, tell us about the work that you've been doing, because I know you've been interviewing um, people as part of your, your work, but tell, tell us more about that and how it and how did it come that you decided to do it, to do what you've been doing? Yeah, so I began my journey with Las Fotos Project right after my dad passed away. It was about like two days when I received my application. I didn't know whether to send it in or not because everything was so recent. I was so down and I didn't know if it was for the best or not. Um, I sat down and like really thought about it and what it would mean for me, but also thinking what it would be like in the future. My dad was the one to take me everywhere I had to go. So even thinking about transportation, I really had to think about all of those things before sending that application and deciding whether I was going to do it or not. I ended up submitting my application and a few weeks after I received my equipment and I was paired up with my mentor, who is just absolutely fantastic, talented, and the most supportive person ever. Besides the photography involved, they really made sure that my basic needs were being met. They made sure that I had access to reliable internet at home. They made sure that my mom were okay with like food and like all of that was the best thing. Like. Yeah, I was going to have access to a camera and all of this physical and material stuff, but it was also beyond that. And I was so glad with the choice that I made of applying to Las Fotos Project because it really provided me a support system. And so a few weeks into the semester, I decided to focus on Indigenous communities. And I decided to do that as a way to honor my dad, who was an Indigenous person. And I think it was the best way for me to begin that healing process through my photographs, through the stories of my relatives in the community. And so I was able to not only take photos of the community members, but also um, interview them and listen to their stories and really sit and reflect on the support system around me. And that really pushed me to just continue to do my best. Um, I had a really rough semester at school. Um, it was my junior year and I was planning so much in order to prepare for senior year. But of course, things don't always go as planned. So having this on the side really was the best thing for me. And now I'm back again with Las Fotos Project. Um, and now I'm 
in my CEO class, which is so exciting <laughs> um, because it is in person. However, I do con- I do plan to continue that advocacy through my work as well as through the Koreatown Storytelling Program, which is where I conduct interviews with elders of the Koreatown community. And so that is also very helpful and very special to me in order for me to maintain that connection with my community. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I, I know your dad is very proud of you for, for accomplishing that. She, he made, he and your mom really helped create a, an amazing woman who would be, despite the pain and that loss that you pushed through, and you honored him and yourself by doing that. So th- kudos to you. Bailey, she, she uh, uh, brings up a really important point about programs like this, because it's not just about having them existing. Mm-hmm. The, the students in these communities in South LA and East LA and Midtown, um, they have to negotiate a variety of different things. She just talks about transportation, mm-hmm. you know, but you're also dealing with you know, immigrant families or single parent families, they have siblings. And especially if they're mm-hmm. older, they're often called to help care for their siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's just a, a lot of different things that could end up being obstacles to them, not only even considering joining a program, but being able to see it through to the end. And she, she noted the variety of ways that uh, uh, the organization helped her. But could, can you Talk a little bit more about that, about why that's also part of of the role that's being played. And it's not just about teaching someone how to use a camera. I think that that falls directly into accessibility. Unfortunately, the limits to accessibility become economic divides or geographical divides. Um, and often they're set up in those ways. Um, and I think that by directly dismantling those inaccessible points, again, it, it adds to the further empowerment of what the youth can do, especially youth of color who are often subject to those limits to access. I'd say when I was teaching, it was a, it was a community partnership via CAP, College Community Partnership and AmeriCorps. I was granted as a fellow and, you know, our class that we had developed um, was at Self-Help Graphics in East Los Angeles. And uh, it was also right in the beginning when um, ICE was introduced and just enacted and a lot of our students um, rosters had dropped you know there's a lot of questions that we had to ask and a lot of student profiles that we had to keep for the grant that we were given from americorps Um, and even that became a limiting um, access to our students being able to come and participate Um, but we also had to provide transportation and a lot of other resources and these are just basic practical resources that unfortunately limit accessibility I think it's just a very practical response to that is furthers access and opens the space for creative youth to not have to consider or worry about basic limits. They can just focus on their expression and their creative ability and developing and establishing that community space rather than wondering what their limits are. How are they going to get past this day or get through this day? You know, as can we just noted, there's, you know, endless number of subjective you know, things that we're all going through. And especially at a young age, when you're learning how to cope and deal and be present for each other, you know, these basic limits can just really be an issue, especially when we're trying to think creatively and express ourselves or even talk about these things in different means.
The two recent books I received as a result of my Charcoal Book Club membership are wonderful. Black Diamonds by Rich Joseph Facun and Robert by Josh Kern demonstrate what makes a book great. Black Diamonds is a wonderfully designed book that features photographs of the Appalachian community made through the eyes of a photographer of color. Robert is a personal exploration of the photographer's relationship with his younger half-brother, born of a failed marriage. Both books possess a unique voice, primarily because they each come from a very personal place. These are not vanity projects. These are the kinds of books you can expect from your membership with the Charcoal Book Club. Trust me when I tell you that you will find something to love and inspire you with each title you receive. And each month, you'll receive a first edition monograph and a photographic print for your collection. Take a look at their website and find out more about these two books and all the other titles they offer. But if you don't like that month's release, you can choose another of their titles of similar value. They offer free shipping to the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., and it's subsidized elsewhere. Join the club at charcoalbookclub.com today, and remember, use the code THECANDIDFRAME at checkout and receive a 10% discount on your first membership payment. Kimberly mentioned the CAO program. Yes. Because and which is an important facet of, of the you know what of the work that's being done there. Because the it's not just mm-hmm. about teaching kids how to make photographs. You're actually creating the awareness that they can do this as a living. Yes. That this, there's there's the possibility that they can make a career of this thing. And yes. by putting them together with mentors, they get to see people who look like them who may have come up under some similar circumstances and see that it's possible, right? So to tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. how that plays out is, and uh, and also just give us a, a brief overview of what the CEO program is about. Um, I have a guide here, so I'll um, okay. kind of paraphrase a little bit, but the CEO program obviously stands for Creative Ent- Entrepreneurship Opportunities. And it does. It's like a, it's a space for apprenticeship. It's an apprenticeship program uh, that provides teen girls with valuable entrepreneurial skills for future careers um, in creative industries. But that vision is also another form of empowerment. I'm sticking with the term of empowerment because that is the most vital conduit, living heart of what Las Photos does, what Photographic Arts Council does. And that vision to be able to visualize oneself in a professional field, especially when you look up to those that create the content or those that manage the content or those that are the founders and owners of content and organizations that you support, that empower you or that inspire you in your process. I think that that vision is the first step to actually being able to implement those ideas at a young age, right? To actually consider oneself, to understand that you have your own individual power to become those things and to access those spaces and then to further the, devel- uh, the development and access to those spaces for other people like you and other people that didn't have access before. So I do believe that that vision is important, especially uh, at the creative, but also young stages of one's life, right? One of the things I heard one of, in one of the videos that I saw, they talked about because a lot of the kids are, are like first generation and their parents are immigrants that, that when it comes to bringing up the camera, and photographing their family members, it can be a real difficult thing because they're like, why do you want to make my picture? 
because they come from a tradition right. where where making a picture is a very formal thing. And I completely get it because my mother mm -hmm. still gives me a hell, of a hell of a time making just a casual photograph of her, right? <laughs> right. But I think that, but, you know, that so much of the best work comes from being able to tell personal stories. So for you, Kimberly, what was that like, photographing your own family members in a more casual sort of documentary way that they weren't really accustomed to? Tell us about what you had to go through and how, and what do you think really helped you eventually to be able to uh, get them to understand what you were doing? Well, I really started with my nieces, which is one of the photographs that actually was really like, I received a lot of feedback on um, that black and white photo of my niece. Um, it was really like, I didn't notice it until I actually got back home and like sat and like looked at the photo. And even then I didn't like, I didn't think much about it. I was like, yeah, I took that photo, it looks good. And then I turned it black and white and then I sent it to my mentor because that's like our dynamic for making sure that we were staying like on top of our work. And then she's like, she just, I remember she said a bunch of like exclamation marks and <laughs> she said that it was <laughs> an amazing photo. <laughs> and I was like, wait, really? Like you think so? Um, and yeah. So then I showed that to my mom and um, I told her, you know, my mentor said this. Um, and then so I kind of, yeah, I tried to take photos and like kind of show her, my mom, a mini portfolio <laughs> of what I already did. Um, that way that um, she could be more comfortable in front of the camera. But I think like after the passing of my dad, she realized how important photos were. And I think that also really helped me be able to take those photos of her um, because I have noticed in these past months, she's been a lot more um, willing for me to take photos of her. And I'm very appreciative of that because I'm a big person on consent and making sure that the person who I'm taking a photograph of is allowing me to take that photo, um, right? Because I can sneak in a photo but as part of our digital promotoras class, we're always talking about the ethics of photography and making sure that the people we're coming into contact with are okay with us taking their photograph. And I think it's all about building that trust and not just perhaps not going in on that first day and taking their photo. It might take a few days, even weeks, even months of building that relationship. And I think I've really learned that in the past months where I've had like to try different things to make sure that the people around me feel safe when I do take their photo and that they know that I'm taking their photo because their, their story matters and it's not just going to end up in a random place, but that their story is going to be shared. So really building that trust and just letting them know like those affirmations um, that our stories matter, our stories are powerful and they may not be like in the news, but 
precisely because they're not on the news is because it's the reason we should share them. So that's what I have to say to that. But yeah, building trust is a big thing. Oh, you're you just you're singing your music to my ears. I love that you understand and that you've learned that because I know photographers who are older and more experienced who still have not learned that. Um, so that's that's an amazing lesson to have gained. Baby, talk to me more about that, that. The fact that they're learning ethics, they're learning how to be sensitive to their subjects. They're learning how to interact with people in a way that's very respectful and helps to develop trust. Yeah. I think that it's directly um, plays into the mentorship dynamic to be able to um, see an individual that takes time to meet you where you are and to offer up what they have to further develop what you want and what you have in mind. And then that collective space is kind of developed, right? That collaborative collective space, but then it also furthers our whole collective initiative, which is more empathy, right? Being able to identify and to empathize with another. Um, often photography is employed for that reason. And I think that being able to directly through practice experience that in a one-to-one dynamic via the mentor, uh, teaching mentor, teaching artist, uh, and the student, the creative youth, I think they kind of are a perfect relationship to further establish that space. It's, it's important to learn how to relate to your peers in your community, especially when you are in a position to represent and to collaborate with others. They have, a, 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 I guess, a program of about 12 weeks, mm-hmm. which I guess is their introduction to, to, the, to the program. Tell us about what happens there and about how they're matched up eventually with, with mentors. The full process, actually, of how they're matched up with mentors, um, I'm not fully sure of the full direct process for that as how they come together with their mentors. But I do like that it is um, a changing dynamic space. I wish I can kind of engage that a little further with you, how they're paired with their mentors. Maybe, Kimberly, you can speak on that, too, your direct experience with that. Yeah. So I'm actually just going through that process right now. I had my first class of this this semester last weekend, and we met all the students, our TA um, and mentors, and we gave introductions. We got to know each other a little bit more. And now this week, what we're focusing on is reading bios and Again, going back to those intros from our first class, also the work we showed that day, taking that into account and having mentees share with their TA who they'd like to be paired with based on their bios, work, um, introductions, and just how safe they feel right with working with that person. So I think it's really great that we get to choose um, our preferences um, because For example, I really like all our mentors that we have in our CEO class, um, and I think they're all great. (laughs) However, like there are like, you know, I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do this semester. And I think this might be the mentor who's most like compatible, like with that um, area. And so I think it's great that we get to share our preference for that 
So yeah, that's the process um, this semester. I'm not sure if it's changed a little bit, perhaps, but it's been great. Oh, that's good to hear. I like. Thanks it. for like helping me with that question, there, Kimberly. <laughs> you know, Bailey, in your just sort of straddling different worlds, photographic worlds in LA. Uh, yes. <laughs> so that must be really interesting because you're dealing with sort of more traditional. I can't. I can't think of a better word that doesn't seem perfectly right. I understand. But you know what I'm talking about. And in this world, mm -hmm. tell me about your experience of sort of, you know, of being in in you know with feats in both you know in in both worlds in terms of that all revolving revolving about photography, but having much different communities, much different money involved, different access, all of these things. Uh, it, you're in a really interesting mm -hmm. position. Um, yeah, and I think that I am constantly inspired by my position um, and the positionalities that I fill. But I think one core intention and goal that I have by quote unquote having my feet in different aspects is interconnecting them. I think that they um, cannot survive without each other. So the educational pedagogical elements that are a part of community building and collective awareness and empowerment, but also the community building and representational elements as well that go into a longer history of image form, civic and economic elements that are involved in that. Um, so I think that that's a space that I'm trying to interconnect. You know, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of access to art and actually photography uh, is very privatized, but it's the individuals that often do not have access are the ones that do directly need the access as they are, you know, quote unquote, the next generation or the individuals that are underrepresented that do have the voice that are on the ground. So I, I, I just kind of want to bring it back to that. I think that my role and a lot of what I like to do by being in, in these different spaces is interconnecting them all and kind of trying to dismantle the boundaries that kind of keep them marginalized or disparate, you know, separated. So I kind of not really tax myself with that, but I'm heavily inspired by it. When you get a chance to see the work that these young women do, whether it's in an exhibit or in a zine or some stuff that's shared via email, mm -hmm. what does that do for you personally, especially as being a creative yourself? Again, beyond inspiration, I think that it's uh, an invaluable moment to see oneself and see oneself reflected um, and even to see that for an individual. So I think for me, it's, it's most touching and moving. Um, and again, uh, inspiring for me to see the creative youth and women of color seeing themselves in the work that they make and in the work that the peers that their peers make as well. I think that that's kind of where I want to leave that. It's, yeah, it's unmatched and it's also not always the case. Right. Um, often you see yourself by someone else's eyes or from what is designed for you to see of oneself or your community. So to be able to place yourself and to represent yourself and your peers and your community, I think it stays with you. And it's very foundational. This is the time of year where you'll be hearing a lot about new photo products. You'll hear about many things manufacturers are eager for you to spend your money on this holiday season. But when you add those totals up, you could spend a whole lot of money, only to find out later that the lens, camera, or flash you got 
just didn't make as big of a difference in your photography as you had hoped. There is a much better way to do it. Renting camera equipment makes a lot of sense, even if you have the money to buy the product outright. The gear we use becomes a very personal tool, and you can't know how that tool will work for you by reading a spec sheet. It's only when you have your hands on it and have time to use it. LensRentals.com provides the means to do that. Their vast inventory of gear provides you that hands-on time that will make the difference for you and your photography. Check out their inventory and save 10% on your first order when you sign up for their newsletter at LensRentals.com forward slash newsletter. And thanks to all of you who continue to support the Candid Frame financially. Your contributions, both big and small, make a huge difference for us. And if you haven't already become a Patreon supporter, why not do it today? You can do that by contributing $5, $10, $20 or more a month by visiting patreon.com forward slash the candid frame. Just $5 a month from you makes a big difference. Thank you so much for your continued support. My teenage years were awash with insecurities for a variety of different reasons, <laughs> you know, and, and I think it's really interesting that when given an opportunity like the ones that Kimberly and the other young people have had, that it's a really a chance to develop a sense of self, especially a sense of self-confidence and self-worth. And Kimberly, I would really love yes. to hear from you in terms of to what degree did it, this help you with respect to that in terms of your own insecurity? Yeah, I really didn't. Like, I feel like beyond interacting with my community, I also shared this self-discovery about myself and what it means to be indigenous. Like I have peers in my class um, who just don't talk about it as much. And so I didn't know what to do because I didn't know who I could talk with be beyond my mom, right? And so with photography, I felt like that gave me the confidence that I needed in order to like just be sure of myself and really like, you know, stand my ground and be like, this is who I am. And this is my community because I really feel that connection with my community when I speak where I'm from, talk about where I'm from. Yeah, I feel like that gave me the confidence that I needed. And Beyond that, I feel like when I talk about this, like I've had conversations like spark from just sharing that I'm like Zapotec. Like I've had people in within LFP, like just have more conversations about that. And so that's just that's so beautiful to me because I feel like I formed friendships where I'm able to be safe and like, or feel safe and really just identify as myself, identify as who I've like discovered or not discovered, but be reassured of who I am. And I am so thankful for that. Did, did you feel that because of the skills that you were learning and the fact that basically you were given an excuse to ask questions that that helped to make people comfortable about sharing that with you, especially your, your family members? Well, 
I feel like even within my family, like I with my mom, I feel like she's a lot more like excited when she gets to interact with someone because of the identity they share. And I noticed that now, whereas I didn't really see that before. Like it used to be more of her mm. thing. And now it's like, oh, my daughter is also like taking pride into this. And like, it's just even more exciting for me to see that within her. So I'm, yeah, I'm just overall really glad. Oh, I'm so glad for you. I, I want to see, I want to see all your work. <laughs> I'm so excited by what you're sharing. It's really sort of amazing. The the photo awards is 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 coming up, which is a, an opportunity for people to get you know for greater awareness, but also in terms of fundraising, in, in order to support you know um, the Los Fosos project, which has been going on for ten years now. So so Bailey, tell me about more about how uh, the photo awards, why, which has only been happening for just the only three years uh, out of the the ten or more that the organization has been around. Why did it come into being and why is it such, uh, why is it playing an important role in, in what the organization does now? From my conversations um, with Lost Photos, this, this is the very early, this is the third year that they've had the Photo Awards. And this is our second year supporting them. But the Photo Awards were designed to not only support and recognize women in photography and um, creative youth and women of color, uh, but it's also designed to directly reflect um, Las Photos Project's three core programs that they offer to their students in their mentorship program. The three programs are reflected in the award category. So their first program is Esta Soy Yo, which translates to This Is Me, uh, and it's reflected through the um, Self-Expression Award. And then they have their digital promotoras, which is digital promoters, uh, which is reflected in their advocacy award. And then they have their CEO program that Kimberly's involved in, which is reflected through editorial awards. It is just designed to directly, again, reflect their three programs, but also for the recognition of women in the field of photography. And then it also, again, further develops the creative's professional uh, development and their influence um, as leaders, right, as they decide to nominate, uh, not only nominate, but also select the awardees in all three categories. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own. And it could be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that photographer be and why? Either one want to go first? I want to hear from yes. Kimberly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really like excited about this question because I have like a lot of people pop up, but like one that really sticks out is <laughs> Emmanuel Han. <laughs> he's Korean American and he's a great photographer. Um, totally not biased, <laughs> but. <laughs> I actually had a call with him a few months ago and he gave me like some insight into photojournalism and he recently completed um, the Koreatown Dreaming uh, project, which is um, available on his website. <laughs> I'm like a big fan <laughs> and yeah, I'm so glad that I've like had a connection with him a few times. Yeah, y'all should totally check him out. 
Emmanuel Han did a project <laughs> on Koreatown. Super cool. You're, he's going to have to uh, pay you a little commission for promoting him so enthusiastically. You're going to have to talk to him. Okay. And how about he's you, a great person, yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say we at PAC, we actually did for our conversation series, we did a talk with um, a young photographer named Kennedy Carter. I think she's based in North Carolina. She's a young black woman photographer. Uh, Her work is very centered in portrait photography um, and also representation of people of color. And then also kind of reshaping the idea of the canon and the gravitas of black experience and representation. So I would say Kennedy Carter, she's wonderful. And we did a talk with her and that was a great talk. Uh, but then also Star Montana, who's local Latinx uh, photographer, woman photographer, who we also did a talk with. Uh, Star Montana is wonderful and her work is also very heavily based in the family archive and readdressing or reconfiguring that family narrative through the act of photographing the family through images that she takes, but also through images that are found through her family archive that were taken from her mother or her father. So yeah, I would say both of those individuals are wonderful, Kennedy Carter and Star Montana. Cool. Well, thank you for your recommendations and thank you for your time. I really enjoyed having a chance to talk with you. Thank you for having us. Thanks to Bailey and Kimberly for joining us. Find out more about Lost Photos Project by visiting lostphotosproject.org. Your thoughts and feelings about this show matter. If you haven't already, please write a review on Apple Podcasts or any other service you use to listen to podcasts. It helps us to stand out among the many thousands of podcasts that are out there. Your voice makes a difference. And remember, you can support the show by contributing to our Patreon effort or make a one-time or recurring donation via PayPal. Thanks to Eric Woods and Rob Gormley for their recent contributions. We also provide a series of eBooks on photography available for purchase on our website. It's my way of sharing my experience and knowledge and another way for you to support the show. And if you can't find every episode of the show on whatever service you listen to podcasts, download the Candid Frame app available for both Apple iOS and Android. And because of your generosity, it's free to download and use. No additional purchases are required. The Candid Frames audio engineer is Martin Taylor. You can find at theothermartintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker. And our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.